to glory to glory. The radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the book of Revelation. Chapter 8. If you could please turn with me to Revelation chapter 8. As we make it through the word of God, we're picking up in verse 6, Revelation 8, 6. Title of our message this morning is Judgment is Coming. Judgment is Coming. My stepmother used to make awesome lemon meringue pies. And I remember when I was very young, I don't even recall how old, I was just a little thing, but I remember getting up in the middle of the night and having to use the restroom, and I looked in the kitchen, and she had a lemon meringue pie on the kitchen counter. And there were six kids in the family, so we, were, we weren't allowed to just go in the fridge and take something to eat, or we couldn't, I couldn't just cut off a piece of pie. It was all, you know, regimented. You weren't allowed to just take something, you know. So I, I was staring at that pie, and the temptation was too much for me. And I knew if I would take a piece, I would be dead, so I knew that wasn't going to work. So what I did is I took one little peek off of the lemon meringue pie, just a little peek, right? And I put it in my mouth. It was so good. So then I looked at the other, and I figured if there's two missing, no one's going to miss two little peaks. So I took one from the other side. And then I thought, well, if there's two here, maybe two on the other side. So I took two corners, and I took four more. Two more, that's four total. I kid you not, I took every peak off of the lemon meringue pie. And I knew that, you know, judgment was coming. So I tried to go back to sleep. I don't even know if I, you know, was able to sleep after that. But uh, got up in the morning and my father just called a meeting, everybody, all six kids, front and center. And he looked at all of us and he said, who ate the, the peaks off the lemon meringue pie? Well, I figured we don't have any hidden cameras, so I'm not going to admit this. So I... I just sat there and stared, and everybody's just staring, everybody's just looking, and everyone's, nobody's admitting it. And he says, okay, no one's going to admit what they did. And everyone said, no, Dad, no, it wasn't me. And I'm like, it wasn't me. You know, I'm just lying, you know. And he says, okay, the whole house is grounded for two weeks. So now the kids are having a meeting. And as we're there, we're all staring at each other, doing the stare down. Was it you? And we're looking. And I figured, I just, you know, so I did this, I was staring at my brother. Is it you? You know, and I was, and something happened that really just was astonishing. My, my other brother, he got up out of the room. He went to my dad. He said, Dad, it was me. And I said, you liar. It wasn't you. It was me. <laughs> Before you feel so sorry for my brother, believe me, he got me in trouble many times. I had many whoopings for, because of him. But this besides the point. He would rather get it over with instead of taking the two weeks. I'd rather take the two weeks and not, you know go through the whooping. So he, he went in, but still, I was astonished. And he's like, dad, it was me. And he, you know, my dad, you know, gave him a spanking for him. I'm thinking, daddy, you know how much that killed me though? But I think of that story and I think, you know, judgment came, but my brother paid the penalty and it released everyone in the house. All of us were free at that point. Kind of like the gospel of Jesus Christ. Judgment is coming, but Jesus Christ took the penalty for all of us. We're going to read about judgment that's going to hit the earth, and it's going to hit the whole earth. Everybody is going to be judged. Everybody is going to be punished on the earth, except those that believe in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, and they receive the forgiveness of their sin, and they repent of their sin, and they're born again of his Holy Spirit. The good news is for us is we're not part of the judgment as a believer. We're going to be in heaven as we've been looking at. We're going to go up in the rapture, and then the judgment comes. 
But might there be someone here today that you've never really truly accepted the free gift of salvation into your life. You've never had a true change in your life. Today is the day of salvation because I believe me, I don't know, is it up on the board? Can you see it? Judgment is coming. And I believe it's coming very soon. I don't know. I can't tell you when it's coming or anything. But we see the signs and the seasons. We see the fact that, that Jesus is coming soon. Have you been noticing the news, what's going on around the world? The craziness, the killings, you know, with ISIS and these, these terrorist attacks and all these things that are taking place around the world. There's signs that Jesus is coming. And he's coming to judge the world. And we're going to read about how terrible it's going to be. But again, for us as the believer, we don't have to worry. And again, as we look at the book of Revelation, you know, we have nothing to fear about. I, I shared this last week, but in case you weren't here, I want to share this. The book of Revelation is nothing to be afraid of if you're a believer. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. There's nothing to be afraid of. Why? And, and you might say, well, there's terrible things are going to happen. There's, there's such devastation. There's so much killing. There's so much blood. Yes, but that's all after we're gone. And that's going to be to wake up a dying world. And as we looked at a few weeks ago, many are going to come to know Jesus Christ through the judgments. So we don't have to be afraid. And again, let me remind you of this uh, before we go into our text, something else about this. Again, if you were here last week, you heard it, but I want to echo this because it's very important. The book of Revelation, uh, Revelation means unveiling. And it's called the the Revelation of Jesus Christ. So the book is called, the, the, the name of the book is The Revealing, The Revealing of Jesus Christ. Why would we be afraid of a book that reveals Jesus Christ? So there's nothing to be afraid of as we read this book. But if you're not a believer here, you should be scared. And I mean that with all my heart. Because judgment is coming upon the earth. And the only escape is through Jesus Christ. So that being said, let's take a look in our text. Again, Revelation 8, picking up in verse 6. John the Apostle writing. And he says, to the seven angels... Excuse me, so the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded, and the hail and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass burned up. Then the second angel sounded, and something like a mountain, a great mountain burning with fire, was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. And it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. And a fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day did not shine, likewise the night. Last verse, verse 13. And I looked, and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. Heavy stuff, huh? Remember again, John the Apostle is writing this. John the Apostle is given a glimpse or he's given the ability to see into the future, future events. We looked at this last week and we talked about he's seen events are going to take place before Jesus Christ comes back to be king of the earth. 
It's called the seven years of tribulation that's going to take place. That's what we're reading about. Uh, we've been reading about the, 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 the seven seal judgments. As Jesus was taken off the seven seals and devastation hit the earth. We, we looked at there was wars. People killed one another. There was famine. There was pestilence. There was, you know, uh, meteors hitting the earth. We don't want to be here. Amen. And John somehow can see into the future. And I, I, I've said this before, you know, it, I wish we could pray this away and say, Lord, may this never happen. I, I, I wish we could do that. But if it's written in God's word, this is going to happen. There's nothing we can do to stop it, but there's a way we can avoid it. Amen. We can't stop it, but we can avoid it. And this book was written as a warning to those that are not walking with God, a, a warning to say, you know, turn to Jesus. So we looked at the seven seal judgments. Now we have the seven trumpet judgments. And every time a trumpet sounds, you know, devastation takes place. And we looked at the meaning of the trumpets in in the Old Testament. We looked at that last week. We looked at, you know, how the... In uh, Numbers chapter 10, when there's two trumpets, there's two silver trumpets. And when the sound goes out, uh, one, it can mean that a certain sound for an assembly or a gathering for a feast. And we looked at that could, you know, possibly speak of the rapture. And I'm so looking forward to that sound. But then one of the others, we looked at four, but one of the others was when they would blast the trumpets, it meant war. And I believe that's exactly what's happening here. War is declared on planet Earth. We're up in, in heaven, but God says, that's, I've had enough. And we're looking at the war that's taking place with these devastating things that take place. So let's, if you can look back in verse 7. Let's take a little closer look at, the, at least this first verse. It says, the first angel sounded. So get the picture. There's an angel in heaven. There's seven. The first one finally makes the sound. And when he makes the sound, hail and fire follow mingled with blood. And they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the trees were burned up. And all green grass was burned up. I was kind of curious, you know, when it says the trees were burned up. I, you know, I looked up in Google to see, well, how many trees are on the earth? Does anybody know without looking it up? There's over 3 trillion trees in the world. That's 400 trees for every person on the earth. So according to this, if this would happen, that would be a trillion trees would be wiped out with a fire. And think of all the wildlife that would be wiped out with that. Vegetation is going to be wiped out. Grass, and I believe it's talking about, you know, vegetation and vegetables and fruit trees are all going to be wiped out. It's going to hurt our food supply tremendously. We're told in Genesis 1, on the third day, God created the grass. He created the the vegetables, the herbs, and he created fruit trees in Genesis chapter 1 in his creation. And he said, it is good. And it is good. You know, I I enjoy vegetables. I enjoy, I love love avocados. I probably eat guacamole almost every day or every other day. I I don't want to check my cholesterol because I, I love it. Do you know avocado, by the way, avocado is a fruit. You probably know that. I was raised in Michigan. I was blown away. It's a fruit. No, it looks like a vegetable. No, it's a fruit. Do you know strawberry is a vegetable? Is that strange? Well, if you live during the tribulation period, I can pretty much guarantee no more strawberries and no more avocados. But it's going to be devastating. In the pagan, many pagan religions that we have and Satanists and all these other, you know, people that worship Mother Nature and the rocks and all this, you know, I believe it's a, a direct hit on them to say, I want you to have no other God before me. Our God is a jealous God. I'm very surprised at how many people really, they truly worship Mother Nature. 
They have different gods before God. They worship different things. They they worship, as the Bible says in Romans, they worship the creation rather than the creator. I mean, this is a, I don't know if it's a new thing, and forgive me if you do this, but I mean, in my neighborhood, it's driving me crazy. You know, people are just literally, they're not walking their dogs. They're literally just, they're kissing their dogs like this. I mean, literally, and then what's the buggy thing? I mean, that's, if you have a buggy, that's great, but they're, they're walking their dogs with their buggies, and maybe you have a buggy. I'm not coming against you, but I'm like... And the reason why I mentioned this too, we're, we're coming to church on Sunday and people are just, oh, they're, they're worshiping their, I believe these people are worshiping their cre- the creation rather than the creator. And I'm not saying it's great, we should love. I love animals. I love my wife. I don't worship my wife. I don't worship animals. I worship Jesus Christ. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with, you know, if you want to walk your dog in a stroller, I'm not saying that. Walk your dog in a stroller, that's fine. There's nothing wrong. But when you worship them, and when they're the center of your whole world and nothing else, and and they're your God, something's wrong. Same with this Pokemon thing that's going on. People are dying because of Pokemon. (laughs) People, two kids got arrested. They they crossed, they're in Canada, they they crossed the the border, and they got arrested. They said they didn't even realize. They were so into the game, they didn't realize they were chasing the Pokemon thing across the border. (laughs) Another guy got robbed and stabbed and everything. It says he didn't even know what was going on. He was so focused on Pokemon. (laughs) Is there anything wrong with Pokemon? No. If it's your worship, it's your God, and you're so consumed with it, and you're not consumed with Jesus Christ, is there something wrong with it? Can I hear? Yes. yes. We were at a health food store a few years ago, and this gentleman we were talking to, he was talking about Mother Earth, and this about Mother Earth, and my wife finally had enough. He says, she says, I'm sorry to tell you this, but there is no such thing as Mother Earth. There's Father God. <laughs> he was like, kind of didn't know what to say, and you know... Judgment's coming. Judgment's coming on the earth. People are worshiping the creation, God's creation, rather than the creator. And I believe this is a direct hit saying, don't worship these trees. Don't worship these things. And another thing I believe he's saying is that I gave you food to enjoy. I gave you these things to enjoy. I gave you the fruit to enjoy, these vegetables to enjoy. But if you don't serve me and seek me, I can take it all away. And you notice it's just a third of the, the trees. I think, I think in his judgment, there's such great mercy. He's being merciful. He says, I can wipe it all out in two seconds flat, but I'm going to be merciful to show you I can take it away from you. Kind of like a kid, you know, he's like, okay, we're going to take that time out. We're going to take that thing away from you for, for 20 minutes. We'll give it back to you. But I'm teaching you a lesson. And I believe God is trying to teach the world a lesson. Don't, don't worship the creation. I can take it away from you. They're good. Enjoy it. But don't worship it. Just the other day, I was talking to a gentleman just a few days ago here and at the church, and he's walking around this place. So I got in a conversation. My wife was first talking to him about the Lord, and I started talking to him about the Lord. And he says, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. And says, oh, wow, awesome. And we're talking about different things. And I says, well, where do you go to church? He says, well, I really don't go to church. I, I kind of, I go out into the wilderness and I, I kind of, I, he goes, I see God in the trees. And he says, and I see God in the rocks and in the water. And it sounds so good, doesn't it? I see God in the trees. And the but it's like you're, you're, you're truly worshiping creation, not the creator. 
And we talked about, you know, he's living with his girlfriend. And he says, oh, I believe this is okay. And God, him and I are okay with this. I've already talked to him about this. And he tells me he's all right with this because really man can just taint, you know, if we were to go up on an altar. Now, that's man blessing it. But we don't need man. We just need God. And we talked about that for a while. And he says, no, listen. And I gave him the verses. And then when he said, God's a sinner, Jesus Christ is a sinner. And I was like, wait, you can't call yourself a Christian. Jesus is not a sinner. He's a savior. He's the only one that was sinless. And I want to use this this passage here to to talk about, there's so many people I believe in this world, even in the church, that are so deceived. And the only way we're going to stand against deception is through knowing the word of God. And I don't mean just knowing scriptures here and there, from taking from Genesis to Revelation to know the whole counsel of God. Because to many people, they take scripture out of context. Even this guy I was talking to, he was quoting scripture to me to tell me, oh, this is okay. God's okay that I'm living in this way because of this scripture. It's okay that I do this. And this scripture is good for me. And it was just like a smorgasbord. It's like some people just walk through and say, oh, I'll take two of these. I love yous. And I'll take four of these. Oh, oh, sin. No, we won't take, no, no, no sin, no sin. We don't, we don't talk about that. I believe in the church. It's very scary what's going on today. There's so much deception going on. Deceit, false teaching, deception. And again, folks, please, it's so important that we know the word of God, that we stay in the word of God. It's an exhortation from the Bible today to say, stay in the word. Thy word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. We have people I've heard just recently, a teacher says, you don't need to, the Bible never said memorize the word of God. Yes, it does say memorize the word of God. It says, keep your, thy word I've kept in my heart that I might not sin against you. How do you keep words in your heart? By memorizing it. Don't be fooled because someone knows how to quote scripture. Anybody can quote scripture. Satan himself, do you remember what Satan did in Matthew chapter four? He quoted scripture to, to Jesus. Imagine that challenge. Remember, he took him up on a pinnacle and, he, and, he, and he, he, he quoted scripture to him. In Matthew chapter four, I think I might have it here. Yeah. Verse five, the devil took him, Jesus, up to the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, literally it means since you are the son of God. He wasn't doubting if he was the son of God. It says, throw yourself down. And then listen, he quotes scripture, right? For it is written. This is Satan quoting scripture. He shall give his angels charge over you. In their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. I think Satan is probably and will be in the Antichrist that's going to come to this earth. They're going to be the most charismatic people, the most charismatic thing that this world has ever seen. And this, and the, the serpent here, he's tempting Jesus, saying, oh, you know, if the angels are going to take you up, and lest you dash your foot. He's quoting scripture. He's quoting it out of context, but he's quoting scripture. He's missing out on part of it. He doesn't quote the whole scripture. He's just quoting part of it. What does Jesus say? He quotes scripture back at him out of Deuteronomy. Jesus said to him, it is written again. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. It is written again. Folks, I I want to use this to say that there's deception that takes place all around us. Satan I believe his attack at first was against the church to persecute the church. But what happens when he persecutes the church too much, what happens is the church sets, is set on fire. So what did he do? He joins the church with deceptive teachings and doctrines of demons. Beware, beware. I've had people come to me and say, well, well Pastor, well, they, they quote scripture sometimes, a little bit, but they quote scripture. Well, so does Satan. Don't be deceived. You need to know the whole counsel of God. It has to match up. From Genesis to Revelation, it matches up. 
I've had people tell me, oh, you know, there's so many discrepancies in the Bible. You can't rely on the Bible. I have never once, I've, I've, I've done this many times. I'll, I'll hand them the Bible and says, please show me where it's at. And they're all like, oh, no. Well, well I, that's what I was told, that there's, there's uh, uh, discrepancies in there. No, it matches up. If you're a note taker, 2 Corinthians 11 and 13, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing for his ministers also, transforming themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. We need to beware. Another verse I want to quote for you. I don't think I put it up here, but if you're a note taker, it's a wonderful verse regarding deception. 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit expressly says in the latter times. Are we living in the latter times, do you think? Yes. So what's going to happen? What does it say? What does Paul say to Timothy? Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Beware. I know I'm talking to many here that you're in the word, you, you know the word, but I, I just, for those here that are easily deceived, take heed. Paul the Apostle told the Bereans, you know, he talked about the Bereans. He said that they, they searched the scriptures daily to make sure these things were so. When he preached, he basically said, don't believe me, search the scriptures. God calls judgment upon those with false religion, those that, and I believe some that they think that, oh, I, I'm okay, and this is good, and it, it's deceiving. So he calls judgment on that. I just want to put up on the board, if you can see, for the, the first four judgments, the first one we just looked at, it's against the vegetation, destroys the food supply, much food supply is destroyed. Verse 7, verse 8 to 9, sea creatures and ships are destroyed, as we read. So more food supply, the fish and the, the, the food that we get from the, the sea is destroyed. Shipping is destroyed, so shipping is going to be devastated as a third of the ships are destroyed. The, the third judgment is against the water supply. The water supply will be contaminated. Men will die because of the, the poisonous uh, contamination of water. You don't want to be here. And the fourth trumpet in verse 12, a third of the light is taken from the earth. Things will be very cold. People will die. Lack of light. Light p- plays a tremendous role in, in life. It's needed, but a third of it will be wiped out. Uh, many think or believe that uh, there's a nuclear exchange that's going to take place, possibly, and that's where this comes from. I'm told from the experts, they say that if there's a nuclear exchange and if it takes place and it hits here on the West Coast, temperatures could drop to 15 degrees Fahrenheit. It says darkness from the debris would last for months, even years, if there was a nuclear attack. So it's called a nuclear winter. And some of the stars and the moon, and they would be darkened out. So that's possible. Some speculate that that's what it could be. We don't know. We don't know for sure. But we know one thing for sure. This is judgment. You know, even the messages, I was, you know, coming judgment. Judgment is coming. You know, it's like, I, some people say, you know, Pastor, can we, can we have positive messages? <laughs> Well, when there's positive messages and we're going through the word, it's positive, yes. And I think it's very positive that the fact that we're going to escape these things. But the warning needs to go out. And Satan's going to be the head of it. There's going to be signs and wonders and people are going to be deceived. 
Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to invite you, the K-Wave audience, to our fourth annual beach concert, the Labor of Love Music Fest. It's held on Saturday, September 3rd from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Bolsa Chica State Beach on the corner of PCH and Warner in Huntington Beach. It's a free event with lots of fun things for the kids with a petting zoo, we'll have carnival rides, train ride, face painting, bounce house, and much more. We also have 90-plus vendors, great food, and, of course, exciting music with recording artists 10th Avenue North and Sidewalk Profits. So invite an unsaved friend because the heart of this event is evangelism as we share the love of Jesus Christ outside the four walls of the church. For more information, check out our website at laboroflovemusicfest.com. That's laboroflovemusicfest.com. See you there September 3rd. God bless you. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.